Welcome back, and thank you for joining us on the College Parent Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Bordoulis. And I'm Gail Martin. And today, we are diving in to the second episode, part two, of how to help your student manage the emotional roller coaster of the college admissions and acceptance process. Today, we're joined by special guests, Dr. Liz Seidler and Dr. Sarah Olivo, two clinical psychologists who are dedicated to improving mental health for college students. Welcome, Dr. Seidler and Dr. Olivo, to the College Parent Podcast. Great to be here. Thank you, guys. We're so excited to chat with you today. I guess just to sort of like fully deep dive, kind of based off of some of the the content we've already discussed, how would you say a parent can care well for their student after they've been denied admission somewhere? Mm. Right. Like, what if you've, you sort of said my identity is as a student at X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. or, you know, I know, I don't think, well, maybe I won't say which family member it is, but I know that he kind of was like, oh, I'll go to the state school that I'm born and raised and this is my thing. And it's harder to get in. And, you know, there, that threw him. And then he had to figure out, whoa, that was part of my identity, you know? So I think, I think part of it is sort of allowing people to see that they are who they are regardless of what happens to them like there is that that doesn't change anything about their identity or so on and so forth but also just disappointment is the worst it's really hard for a parent i think to um to sort of stomach a child's disappointment so if it's primarily parents listening to this i can sort of you know i know that that when your child is disappointed, it takes sort of a level of emotional strength to get up and be like, it's going to be okay. You might be disappointed with them. You might be panicking with them. So I think part of it is just to, regardless of how you feel, two parts. One is at some point in time, take care of that part of yourself as a parent to say, all right, there will be a time and a place where you're probably going to need to go and talk to a friend or um, just take a minute or, you know, cry in the closet, et cetera. Um, because the other part of you is having to say, I want to really model a real belief and, or you might really truly believe this, which is, Hey, you know, this is part of something that happens in life. This is one of many times, you know, life comes with highs and it comes with lows and how you sort of take it, give yourself time to grieve. Right. So that's part of it. It's like, try not to, again, come in too quickly with the reassurance that gives some space to be really sad. You know, like, let's just kind of be sad about this for a bit. This is a total bummer. Um, sometimes just, you know, not getting in is a little expected. People are like, all right, that's my reach school and they have a plan B. So I do think that before people even go into it, um, like letting them know, like, this is, this is something we're excited for. We're so super excited for plan B too. like all these options. I think is a preventative way to kind of prepare ahead of time for those disappointments to be like, great, if it gets in, wonderful, hope for the best, you know, plan for something else, not even the worst, right? Hope for the best, have a plan B. Um, I think that, but, but modeling that sense of calm and that it's going to be okay, allowing there to be time for grieving and sort of checking in with them, like how much, you know, how long do you kind of want to just be sad about this? And when can I come in and sort of help you? You know, if, when, will when, when do I know that it's time for me to come in and sort of get you back on your feet or can talk more about what that plan B is? Yeah. I just want to summarize. I think Sarah, some things that you said that are really important. I think that parents need to recognize that when they usually respond to their child, when they're disappointed, it's to regulate their own emotional reaction. So for example, child's really upset. They didn't get into school. They want to get to usually a parent's going to, is going to say something like, 
it's okay, honey. You're going to get into all those other schools. You'll get into the school that you need to get into. They'll do some like cheerleading, right? And that is because they have anxiety that their child is really sad and disappointed. So I think parents need to realize that, okay, before I say anything, what is helpful to somebody when they're upset? And what's helpful to somebody when they're upset is to listen and to provide validation that what they're thinking or feeling makes sense. There's an obstacle to something that you wanted. You didn't get it. That's awful. It's terrible, right? The pausing and sitting like Sarah's talking about is the hardest part for parents. And then I usually say, once you've marinated in all that like warmth and validation, ask your child, is there anything else I could say or do? I have some thoughts about next steps, right? Or um, or when you're ready, come to me. I have some things that like maybe will make you feel better about this, right? Before you just jump in and start throwing all these solutions. So I think parents, that's my biggest takeaway. It's like be prepared for your own emotional reaction to your child's disappointment and have a plan on how you're going to respond and make sure it's not about you um, and your difficulty tolerating their distress and think about what makes everyone universally feel better and cared for, which is, wow, somebody really understands what I'm going through. They're trying really hard to, you know, connect with me emotionally. I also think that sometimes parents might assume that their, their, you know, their teen is going to have a big response. You might be surprised. I, I also think there's a wide range for being disappointed and how people take that. So anything you see could be validated, could be sort of listened to very actively and validated. It could be that they brush it off um, and the parent would be like, well, no, aren't you upset? <laughs> uh, are you okay? Oh, and it, I've, I've also had parents be like, well, they're just bottling it up. But I'm like, well, listen, the only thing you can really do again, even in that situation to say, okay, wow, well, it seems like you're taking this pretty okay. Well, I'm here if you need me. Um, because sometimes this sort of expectation that there should be a big response or or that the response is way too big. And so they sort of have a judgment like, whoa, this is going to be so scary for them. They're never going to get over it. Or, whoa, okay, calm down, right? So I think that part of validating is paying attention to your own anxieties, but also your own judgments about whether this behavior is okay or not okay. And just saying, again, I think as long as you do like an act of listening, say kind of, oh, I kind of see this is how you're handling it. I got you, totally fair, right? And then pause you're good. <laughs> It'll account for kind of not letting you act on those judgments or those emotions. So we just talked about if a student is denied from a program, um, but what are the first steps for a parent once they're accepted to a program? I mean, go to Bed Bath & Beyond and just start <laughs> buying all the crap, you know? <laughs> I mean, do they exist anymore? They closed the one in my town. I know. That's so sad. I just dated myself. I'm like, that's <laughs> Amazon, like, Amazon, Amazon, and all the other college applications. <laughs> um, oh, this like really varies. I think like, is this acceptance in to the school they definitely want to go to? Is it acceptance just in like one program? But I still think, you know, I, you know, there's this concept that Sarah and I talk about in our podcast and our work about, um, these like three states of mind. And I love using this as an example with teenagers when I'm teaching the skill about like choosing your, your college is that 
you don't want to make a choice about where you're going to school that's like overly emotional because you'll end up like my brother at like the University of Miami and like barely make it through like this um, <laughs> because you're in South Beach every day and not really going to class because um, you wanted like um, hot weather and like a party scene. Um, but you also don't want to make a choice that's really reasonable, you know, that's like um, just based upon like, I don't know, they're... Um, postgraduate like career placements and um the financial you know support that you get and you know does it have your major or I don't know just like facts about the school that you want to find the synthesis between a school that like when you walk onto campus there's just like this intangible like it just feels right right this like emotional connection while also paying attention to the facts like okay this is how much money my parents can contribute. This is how much I'm going to take out in loans. Or um, I have no idea what I want to major in. Maybe I don't go to like a technical school that only has science and math if I have any interest in the liberal arts, you know? So that's, I think, like for parents, this like pros and cons and ahead of time, even organizing around that, that every school is going to have pros and cons um, and emotional and factual pros and cons. So that if you have that information kind of visually laid out, and maybe you do this as a family together, it might help you steer your decision ultimately on where you're going to go. Um, so, and I think again, that that can help families make a decision. Cause I think parents end up being in this difficult choice where their child ends up getting accepted to a school that they don't want them to go to. Right. And, um, maybe have have to start having hard conversations about their perspective as well as their child's perspective um, when examining all the acceptances that they've gotten. Um, so I think that, yeah, I think that's one thing that I would recommend for parents to kind of take into account. And th this idea too, I think when conversations about acceptances is to be open to the idea that your child has a perspective that's different than yours and that nobody's right or wrong about which school is the best school to go to. Um, but if you want to celebrate the success that your child's having and make a choice that everyone's comfortable with, you have to acknowledge that there might be some truths to why your child might want to go to certain schools over other schools. I mean, I definitely think, you know, if like the first step is just to pause and celebrate. <laughs> They've done so much to get here. And so just to say, let, let's just sort of pause and celebrate and like kind of bask in the fact that you're going to school, right? I don't know if, the, if this is the early admission, like you know exactly where you're going to school. If this is sort of a the first of many potentials, it's sort of like, great, we, now you're, we know you're at least going. We'll have to sort of figure out the rest as we wait for the other decisions to come in. Um, I also think that when we talk about that wise mind, you know, a little bit of balance of reason and emotion, sometimes there's just something that your kid or your teen is able to think about that's not really able to be put into words. I'm going to give you an example. I love this story. It actually happened to a friend of mine. Um, she was deciding between two schools. I won't name the schools because I don't want people to think, I don't know. Um, but let's just say it was UVA and UNC. And she had gotten into both, right? But both schools were like similar in their feel. Um, technically, all their sort of numbers like added up. And she could not decide where she wanted to go. And so they finally were like, okay, listen, the deadline to pay is tomorrow. We're not paying two schools. <laughs> so we're going to put a biscuit on a piece of paper and we're going to write UNC on one and put a biscuit on that. We're going to write UNC another and put a dog biscuit on that. And whichever one Fluffy goes to, that's where you're going to go. So they all agreed. 
and I put the biscuits. Oh, on this the is paper. a true. This is a true story. <laughs> this is a true story. This oh is a good friend of mine. Gosh. Okay, keep going. Uh, and so the dog went to the UNC paper, and she goes, "I'm going to UVA." It's like she knew the whole time, right? She knew the whole time which one she wanted to go to, but she got into this sort of like debate about numbers and this versus that. But she kind of knew. So I think sometimes just letting sort of that, like, again, that like gut instinct just take you there. Um, and, you know, she never regretted that choice. I guess just to kind of like wrap it up, is there anything else that I want to leave it open-ended? Is there anything else that y'all would tell a parent who is just going through this process? Any sort of advice, tips, suggestions, just one last tidbit that you would give a parent overall for any part of this process, something that we didn't cover today that you want to mention? Is there anything else? Well, um, I think this would again be, I'm going to say this answer for two reasons. One is I'd love to let parents know about some of the work I'm doing at Lumate Health. Um, So I run the training and education department at Lumate Academy. I'm not even sure if I said that up at the beginning. So hi. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hi, I run the head the education and training program at Lumate Health called Lumate Academy. Um, And we are trying to offer a lot of webinars for parents of teens and college students. And so, um, and one that's coming up that we have December 7th is called Home for the Holidays. Like what what happens when you, you know, you prepare so much for the transition to college, what happens when you come back? How do you navigate it? But that actually links to the, the part that I think parents are going into right now, which is how to find that balance between becoming less of a manager of your child's life and more of a consultant in your child's life and paying attention to where you sort of feel it and your college student sort of feels it. Um, You know, sometimes we have college students who the parents are begging them to call home. uh, And sometimes you have the college student who is calling home every day to ask about laundry, right? So how do you sort of navigate that balance is one of you on another side of that balance than the other? And just noticing that, again, there's a wide range of normal, but it can feel, um, it can feel, I think, hard for parents when they're on one side mm-hmm. and their college students on the other side. So how to communicate about that, how to sort of say, hey, listen, I know you're calling me every day, but I, you've got this. Or the opposite being like, is there a way for me to communicate with you during the week that feels like it's easier for you, but just kind of lets me know we can touch base, you know, just communicating about when there is a gap between um, what you want and your student wants, because that, that can be hard for a little bit. Um, I guess my advice would be that is for parents to remember that, well, one, that um their children are the product of their environment. And so a lot of times when parents feel like they don't have control, they're really focused, like Sarah mentioned, like kind of micromanaging their child, almost doing this whole process for them. And I think if that's your attitude, you know, I walk with parents and they're like, I'm dreading, I just like, I'm dreading this college process. And I'm like, well, it's probably going to be awful if that's what your prediction is going to be. Right. So before you even enter it, I would try to think about like, what are my intentions kind of going through this. And when I look at families that navigate it better than others, I actually see that one, they don't make a lot of comparisons. They don't make comparisons to other kids. You know, what's the Teddy Roosevelt quote, like comparison is the thief of joy. Mm -hmm. They're not making a lot of comparisons Two, they're excited about it. They actually um, take time to have these conversations. Like a parent was saying to me the other day, they're like, we pulled up this video of my son doing this like science experiment one day that he like stayed home and he was like nine. 
and while trying to help their child figure out like what they might want to study and like how like amazing that was right um and so I think that if parents kind of their attitude going into the process is going to impact their child's experience of going into it um and if you anticipate I'm not saying you have to anticipate it's gonna be like amazing but if you imagine that it's gonna be like if you're dreading it I just don't know how it's gonna actually go well and it's an opportunity for parents to really share um really important experiences with their with their children um and that they can kind of look back at this time realizing okay we were able to kind of provide the scaffolding which is really what parents roles should be scaffolding to help this is like the first step develop some self-management skills to kind of navigate this so that they can launch you know maybe a little bit more easily into the college years so i think if parents view it as like a skills building opportunity for their children, a way for them to kind of connect and reflect on like their child's past, their strengths, like their interests, this like kind of curious journey that they can kind of go through together. And it's also an opportunity to spend a lot of time together that I feel like teens don't really have or are interested in spending as much time with their parents, but like planning trips to go see certain universities or like things to look forward to. So, um, yeah, I would really pay attention to that. Our attitude to things actually influences the outcome of how things go. And if parents can really cultivate um, a perspective on this process that is healthier, um, I think that that impacts the process for their child in a more positive way. Yeah, I get, I definitely have seen as parents go through, and whether they dread it or not, ultimately when they come out of it, they've always sort of been like, wow, I learned so much about my kid, my kid's so cool. They did this or wow. I didn't realize this was throwing them. And so it, it is such a way to have a beginner's mind sort of about the process of like, we just learned so much going through this. Um, I also would say, and one last tip, I know you said one last tip and we've given like three last tips, but um, since it is uh, really emotional for parents. And again, it's emotional for kids and you know, parents feel their children's emotions at the same, you know, so like they kind of weave through you. So it's say. The same thing that I would say for somebody who's engaging in a lot of looking at news during a difficult time in the news, or is to say, there's only so much that looking and talking and et cetera, and kind of swimming in the, in the ocean of college acceptance stress is helpful. So pay attention to what feels like it's active, helping or coping or thinking about something versus just sort of ruminating and maybe take space from the parent chatter, you know, yeah. maybe don't get on the mom Facebook group for a few months um, because it's going to, you know, so mm -hmm. what are the, what's the noise that's not helpful and set boundaries around that would be yeah. the last thing I'd say, just to kind of keep your own mental health in check. Thank you so much for that. And thanks overall for just sharing all your valuable insights with us today, just continuously. There's so much to take from this episode. Real quick before we wrap up, uh, Liz and Sarah, do y'all want to plug any resources, handles, anything like that to the podcast? College is Fine is our handle on Instagram and TikTok, and you can find us on all the places you find podcasts. Um, and we're really excited for the content that we have coming out this year, and we're so grateful to be on. I know... Um, we want to talk more about parents and their role in supporting and helping uh, college students apply to college and have, you know, a healthy, happy time during their 
campus years. Yeah, so for more engaging discussions on the College Parent Podcast, head on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify to explore our other episodes. And we wish you a fantastic day, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.